Welcome to Words from Word, Mary Ward's first ever podcast radio where teachers and students come together to share their stories and tell their tales. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Okay, so here we have Mr. Tichito. And our question is, how did you feel coming to teach at a school with such rich, you know, uh, diversity and culture? Well, very excited. Uh, again, to be around such diverse, uh, just such diverse population in the school uh, really keeps you uh, diversifying your, your, your own teaching and, and keeps you uh, developing as, as a person. So uh, I think the more exposure and experience we can get with each other, the better. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Okay, my name is Meraki and I'm in grade nine. Okay, Marak, your question for you is, coming into my ward as a grade nine, how did you feel about the faculty diversity as opposed to the diverse student population that we have here at my ward? To be honest, I didn't really mind because all the teachers are still really kind to um, all the students, no matter where they're from. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We are joined with... Jace in grade 10. And our question is... How do you feel about the state of faculty diversity at Mary Ward? I feel like there isn't enough people like me everywhere I turn. I turn and I see, you know, white people. And yes, they're very kind teachers, very qualified teachers. But I feel like it would make a more comfortable environment to be around people who look like you, who represent you, who understand what you're going through as a colored person in today's, you know, society, wacky world. <laughs> um, but I, feel, I just feel like, yes, they're qualified. Yes, they're very kind. They help you out. But I feel like it would be a lot more comfortable for other um, students of color, of different sexualities, you know, like just different genders, different races, all of that to feel represented in our school community and not just in their peers, but in their faculty as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Words from Ward. I'm Lene. I'm Esther. And I'm Francine. And on this episode, we'll be talking about faculty diversity. I definitely understand that this topic might be a bit difficult and uncomfortable for some, but definitely long overdue, and in my opinion at least, extremely necessary. With that being said, we're going to try to be as completely honest and transparent with our experiences as possible because we wouldn't want to sacrifice our own authenticity for the sake of someone else's comfort. On that note, please do not feel obligated to listen if you feel as though you will be made uncomfortable by any at any point. Um, however, we do urge you to keep an open mind and remember that discomfort is often a sign of learning and progress. So, without further ado, I had gone to a school previously with all white staff and all white faculty, and for the most part, I was subjected to a very whitewashed education, which I don't think was completely ill-intended or malicious, but I do know that we often stick to what we know. But I digress, I kind of looked to escape that coming to Mary Ward because I hoped that I'd find more staff that looked like me or those around me. I suppose that there is a more diverse set of staff here at Ward, but again, the population of white educator educators is a bit overwhelming. To support my observations, I asked other students of color what they thought about the subject. I'm a grade 9 student at Ward, and honestly, I think that there's more white teachers than um, different ethnicities. And I honestly don't think it's fair because sometimes I don't relate to those white teachers than I do to other teachers. And I think that we should have more people come in because... Um, because... 
some students probably don't feel comfortable while talking to like to their to like a white teacher than they they do to um, talking to their own kind of race. I get it. Thank you so much. I am joined with uh, Gian Marciano, and I'm in grade 12. And my question for you is, how do you feel about the state of faculty diversity at Mary Ward? Um, in all honesty, since even though we have um, the majority of our staff is uh, predominantly white, I don't think it has a real problem until they do anything, unless they're biased to a certain like race to their own or whatever. But it would also be good if, if we were more diverse. I think recently we've hired more um, people of color for our staff, which is great. But most of the white teachers that we have are mostly just from like, they've been here for like a, quite a long time. But I think in the future, I think this whole school will have a more diverse staff. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Miko. I'm a black student attending Mary Ward in grade 10. So, how do you feel about white teachers educating students of color on topics of race and identity? Um, white teachers treat POC students like we're below them. And I'm not talking about like on a teaching level because obviously teachers have authority over students. But I feel like sometimes the white teachers don't treat us like they would treat other white students. I also think that they are so comfortable in their own skin due to like decades of feeling a sense of superiority, but they believe they are owed more respect and act with more power than they actually have. And there are a handful of teachers that are pretty respecting and allow POC students to do things without suspicion, but like some of the white faculty will go out of their way to involve themselves at different things. And I think it's just an example of how they display their need to feel in control. Thank you. Um, I went to an elementary school that was very much like Mary Ward in the sense that a large percentage of the students were Asian, and yet I could say about 95% of the staff were white. In my time at two elementary schools, I would probably I could probably name all the teachers of color I had in the building throughout the years on one hand. As a child, you may not be super hyper aware of these things, but as you grow up, it is definitely more uh, clear and it becomes a lot more transparent. Aside from the fact that my older sister went here, uh, there was a part of me, you know, an inkling inside of me that chose my word as my first choice because I hope to have a more a, a more diverse uh, set of educators, uh, you know, to have adults supporting me that look like me, you know, people that may have had the same experiences as me in this society, in this world. Just like Lene and Esther, I attended an elementary school that only had white teachers and a couple handful of people of color. Our education barely had any lessons or conversations about diversity. We were left to learn about the certain topics ourselves. Young children left to teach themselves about diversity. With the lack of knowledge of this topic, students found it normal to make racist remarks as no one was ever corrected. Teachers were hesitant to teach other students about ethnicities because they were made, because they were afraid of offending anyone, but they should have made an effort to try and educate themselves, talk to a friend from other ethnicities, and pass it on to the, stu to the students. Our school was filled with different students from different places, yet we were never taught about each other. And for the both of you becoming more aware, aware of such white educators as the time passed, do you think that it had any bearing on your way of thinking, the way you perceive information? Do you think it elevated your education or degraded it in any way? Um, you know, at the end of the day, I will not discredit my teachers. Being white didn't take away from the fact that they were very intelligent people and that they did shape the person that I am today, and I did love a lot of them. But aside from that, they were not people of color, and they would never have the same 
impact as on me as a child as more SM teachers would have. And on top of that, I'm not sure about, you know, Lene or Francine, but in eighth grade and seventh grade, we barely even touched on the topic of race and oppression. In history, we only ever talked about slavery once, which was about two questions on a word sheet. Topics like Chinese welfare workers and other people of color in Canada were very glazed over. And so if anything, if my, my education on such topics was not degraded or elevated, it was absent. There was nothing really ever there. Like Esther, I'm not just going to discredit all the things they've taught me. I've learned many things from all my teachers and they've supported me throughout my whole like education. But I do agree my education was degraded. I learned more about diversity and equality from friends and the media than I have ever learned from school. It would have definitely felt better to have a teacher that represented a different perspective and ethnicity. Having teachers that you could relate to or like know um, like growing up because I definitely had the same mindset as my white teachers for the majority of my elementary experience because I thought that their beliefs were right because like, you know, they were pushed upon us and they were never corrected. Which brings us to the diversifying curriculum taught by none other than white teachers. I think that, in a sense, on their part, it's always going to be too much or too little with no in-between. And on one end, there's a blatant disregard for our country's true history and the struggles of people of color and minorities alike. And on the other, there are teachers that take things way too far to the point where the curriculum is not to the student's benefit, but theirs, for the sake of their learning, their call to action, or their wake-up call, so to speak. And experiencing that sort of too much curriculum firsthand, I can say that it was extremely draining. Many teachers may think that what they're doing is taking steps in the right direction, but when it's all you can think and talk about, uh, you know, these traumatic experiences of people of color, people who look like you and your peers, it is obviously not what you want to be hearing constantly. And on top of that, this was ninth grade, and so to be thrust into that environment was very unsettling and once again draining. I think that we should learn about these sorts of things in a less traumatic lens. I completely agree, and I had a similar experience where all of my English course last year was centered around the trauma of people of color, specifically black people. And though, like you said, Esther, I wasn't living it, to have to take in and process the kind of information was difficult and a bit inappropriate because, again, it was taught by a white teacher. I didn't really think it was genuine or educational, and it felt like it was done more out of necessity than anything. And I think at the very least, uh, topics of race and identity should be approached with profound sensitivity, otherwise everything falls apart. And it's pointless because we begin to blur the lines between education and reliving our trauma. Just, yeah, just like you two, I've experienced the same thing in some of my other classes in high school and elementary. When teachers try to educate us on other races, it's more on their trauma they experience and like, you know, the happy parts. Like I would also like to learn the beautiful parts of their their cultures, like traditions and monuments and like all the beautiful places. And I feel like the way we were taught about other cultures is because they felt obligated to teach us about it because we speak about it more and we de like we demand to learn more. So like they feel obligated to do it. Like you don't see the passion in it. Exactly. Like I remember in the eighth grade during uh, quarantine, the first time we ever started talking about racism in the modern day and age was after the death of George Floyd. So yeah, my teachers were addressing poetry assignments and English assignments and all these analyses on race and oppression and discrimination in Canada and America all of a sudden out of nowhere. And it felt simply because that was the buzz, that was the trend. It was never that they cared, they thought that it was necessary. It was just that that was what was popular at the time. Yeah, my friend this semester actually has an English teacher will say, a teacher who is white, um, and 
their whole curriculum, like mine was last semester, is centered around racism. And for one of their poetry assignments, they had to write about something quote-unquote controversial. And uh, for a lot of us, controversial is racism, homophobia, with nothing really in between. So they were writing this poetry assignment, and I find it weird and off-putting that they're being graded by someone who doesn't really understand or grasp these topics um, on the basis of the their articulation and I guess the severity of their experience because we are pulling out these pulling forward bringing forward these experiences uh, to be shared in the open with someone who you know doesn't really actually get it mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the only time they started to like actually like quote unquote teach us about racism and like all of this is because we like us students started speaking about about it. Like we had to like demand to be taught and stuff, and that says something about our education system. And like you can barely tell there's any passion. And like where's the people of color who are teaching this? Because like white people they have no experience. They don't know what it's like. They just like, they give us the work and that's it. Which is why we need to hire more ethnic teachers. I just want us to get to a place in, you know, in society and in our schools where text and literature in our school curriculums can include people of color, but not be about being people of color. And in this day and age where we are very at a pivotal point in society, I think that, at least in my opinion, that's why we have all these teachers that are teaching such racial, racialized material. It feels very service level and 2D. And of course, that's all can ever really be because that is all they will ever know. You know, it's as though they're doing it, doing it out of obligation. It feels forced and unnatural. And like they're not giving these topics the care that, and, the, and the enthusiasm that, they, that we need. And so I think that though these things need to be touched upon, we can also avoid this effect by teaching more material that is diverse and yet not about diversity. Exactly. And I feel as though a lot of the things we've said so far have been a kind of open-ended so here are a few issues, few specific issues that present themselves when it comes to the staff here at Ward. Um, disclaimer, we won't be naming names, but we have noticed a few indiscrepancies between the way um, white faculty treats students of color, specifically black and brown students, as opposed to our white counterparts. Of course, we still respect these teachers, but you know what they have said or done have never been corrected and called out, which makes many students uncomfortable because they can be afraid to speak up for themselves against a faculty member. And we're not only speaking about our school, but honestly, all schools in general. What we mean by that is, you know, the sly comments that get passed up as jokes, the inconsistently applied dress code and dress coding, and even the, the often uncomfortable watchful eye while sitting and working in an apartment while doing work with your friends. And we will elaborate on this more, and the first point that we will be touching on is the way in which white teachers speak to students of color as opposed to white students. Hi, I'm Jay, and I'm in grade 10. Hi, Jay. I was wondering if you felt comfortable answering a few questions on the topic of faculty diversity at Ward. Yes, yeah, sir. Sure, no problem. So my question for you is, has there ever been a time that you as a student of color have felt targeted or made uncomfortable by any white teacher at any point? Yeah, there's been multiple times, actually. I think a couple months ago, where I used to wear a do-rag, 
And I feel like the teachers felt uncomfortable most of the time whenever I were to wear it. They would always pull me out of people saying that I'm not supposed to wear it because it's a hat, whether it would be people wearing bandanas and hats, hoods. But out of everybody, they would pick me. So I feel like that's the kind of picking out of the type of people, you know? Like targeting? Yeah, like that. There's been times where, like, teachers have laughed at me for, like, wearing it or they've, like, talked about my back about wearing it. Uh, I haven't said anything about it because, like, it's this This is like a school, though, they always care about their image. Yeah. So talking to somebody about it, they would just say to go tell a guidance counselors or the principal, and they would say they would deal with it, but they really wouldn't. Uh, I guess also, like, it would be, like, it's hard, it's hard to, like, understand why they, why, like, what's the reason of them doing it? Because there's, there's no, there's no real reason as to me wearing it other than yeah i guess it's it's a dress code and i could say i could say that i don't need to wear it but at the same time the way that they're telling me to take it off calling me out in front of everybody in front of the cafeteria pulling me where they could pull me aside to just say take it off and i would gladly do that but for them to threaten me to say that i'm going to go to the office or i'm going to be go to the present to the principal just for me to take it off, it's, it's not the ideal way to do it. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, honestly speaking, for the most part, uh, it's the white IAs and EAs who are the most microaggressives towards students of color. I'm sure we can all think of an instance where you've had where <laughs> one of these faculty members spoke to you or spoke to us in such a condescending manner that it likely made you upset. The way that they speak to us is almost accusatory, always expecting you to be doing something wrong, as if they're some sort of school law enforcement. More often than not, when a white teacher or white IA talks to me, I feel looked down upon or talked down to. Like you said, there's like always a note of condescension, and observing the way the white kids get spoken to by these same white teachers is always an eye-opener, because like Esther said, we gravitate towards those we see home in, for better or for worse. I had a similar experience with my friend, actually, and I was out of uniform, she was out of uniform. She's black, and like we said, we noticed that teachers and white IAs target specifically um, black students. I am not visibly black, I am racially ambiguous, but however, I digress. Um, she, my friend, got called out for being out of uniform, and the whole conversation, I heard it, it was just the teacher talking down to my friend. Um, and I found it super unsettling, super off-putting and weird, but it's I wasn't called out for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not correction. It's literally just degrading. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I didn't get it, but yeah. Like, and sometimes the way teachers think they're complimenting the students, but like in reality, they're microaggressions that they don't try to educate themselves about. I get like, you know, sometimes they let students try to show off their ethnicities with like, you know, they're wearing uniform. And but it's better if they don't mention it because I've seen firsthand I've seen like teachers compliment my friends about like their clothing and then like you know they'd say thank you but obviously like when the teachers are gone they're uncomfortable and they can't really say anything because they're afraid like being othered in a way yeah mm-hmm. um actually I think that teaching at a school with so much diversity is doing things to these teachers brains mm-hmm. because <laughs> they have become they have become so comfortable in just going up to a teacher and asking them about their culture which is in itself not a problem. Them, but it's the way in which you do these things. Mm-hmm. One time I saw a teacher go up to a Filipino staff member, teacher actually, there were two teachers, and out of the blue, the white teacher asks the Filipino teacher, 
hey, can you do a Filipino accent for me? Like I'm singing oh, this song. Okay. Like, can you just like, can you just put it on for me? I found that so weird and so uncomfortable because Francine and I were both Filipino, right? Yeah. And we we both see the problem in that. Yeah, like when people ask, oh yeah, do you have an accent? Like when you like when you talk to people, do you get an accent? It's uncomfortable. Why are you asking like, me like that? If I'm talking to you with an a without an accent, what do you think? Exactly. And oftentimes these accents are something comedic for them, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They want to do it as a joke. They want to figure out how to do it. Almost every time you see someone who is, you know, white or specifically a white Canadian who may not have much culture of their own, anything with an accent or is like mocking. It's like entertainment. It's entertainment. It's like, you know, you're putting on a show and it's like, what is so entertaining for this about you when this is somebody's life? These are people's cultures. Yeah. This is all some people know. So why is this funny? Exactly. Yeah, like I get you're curious, but if you're that curious, educate yourself. You don't just go up to a student, like mm -hmm. children, teenagers, and then just like ask them the most uncomfortable questions about, with, with no regard. And they think they're doing nothing wrong because they don't educate themselves. Like, why are we educating our educators? Exactly. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? I was sitting in a civics class. And the teacher was just, you know, I won't, I don't want to say bombarding, but just asking so many questions about a girl's culture and all the music and how to pronounce things and all that stuff. And it's like, we're supposed to be doing work, and yet you're looking at all these music videos about this culture of music, and you're asking her all these questions. It's like, you can do this on your own, you know? Exactly. She like is not obligated to do this for you, you know? And then she told me that she was uncomfortable with that, and she told me that the teacher continued to ask her about that even after class and uh, around the school. And so it's like, we... You need to be more aware. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We see, um, we see this controversy about teaching critical race theory to students in school. But I think in this case, the critical race theory should be taught to the teachers. Like, mm -hmm. if we were able to learn about like all this racism and all this stuff through the media, the teachers should be able to. Like, we shouldn't be teaching them themselves. Like, we're supposed to be learning from them. Not the students shouldn't have to become yeah. the teacher. Mm -hmm. If anything, teachers should be able to take a summer school course on it. No, exactly. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, it's really not that hard when you put your mind to it. Mm -hmm. I think that, if anything, you just need to open up your mind to it. If you are closed off, it'll never make sense. Mm -hmm. I think that, going circling back, kind of, I think that making people of color relive their trauma for the sake of their own education, these white teachers' education, it's counterproductive because, at the end of the day, what are we actually learning? What are we doing to elevate our education? And learning about these traumatizing like situations, it's like I guess they're trying to teach us, but like it's so like different. Like it does it like a toll on your mental health. It mm -hmm. really does, yeah, because they can only come at it from a white standpoint, and so they cannot be as empathetic as someone who has possibly lived it. You know, like a white teacher teaching. Uh, racism uh, specifically happening to black people, you know, in the past or slavery cannot have the same impact as a ethnic, you know, a diverse teacher or, or specifically a black teacher because they will never have that like empathy in their heart because they know what it's like to be, um, you know, discriminated against in that sort of way, even if not in the same caliber. I think honestly, the English and maybe religion departments need more teachers of color if any those are the those are the them. those are the subjects that go heavy on you know racism mm -hmm. topics of identity things like that and then even you know like if, if you're uncomfortable with these teachers another thing is that not uh, so many of our tas are white so many of our <laughs> tas are white so it's who do we who do we turn to when it comes exactly. to something like this you know 
um, people want to be able to confide in ad- adults that can relate to them and adults that look at them, exactly. like, look like them. But when you can't, who do you turn to? And so I think that that's why so many, you know, students congregate to a few select teachers because those are the only ones that they can really turn to and talk about specific uh, topics with. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame, you know, to have such a, sc- a school that's so diverse and yet students cannot really reap the benefits of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I were to talk about out in the open with my my own TA about racism. I my TA is like I okay, <laughs> listen. My TA is very is very much an activist. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to I'm not going to praise my TA for not being racist, but <laughs> At the same time, I feel like if I were to talk about my experiences with racism with my TA, it would still be talking, it would still be like talking to a brick wall, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I'm giving you this super traumatic experience that I've lived and I need help sorting out. But how is my TA, who is white, going to help me sort through that? Mm-hmm. I got lucky in the TA fact. <laughs> like people tell me, like, oh yeah, that's your TA. I really wish I was in your TA. Like, yeah, I am lucky, and like they get it, they get it. So I got lucky in that part. But like hearing other students or like friends be like, oh, you know, I wish my TA was like this. I wish my TA was like yours. It's kind of like, wow. There's how many TAs? Like fifth, like how many? Sixty, sixty eight. something. 60 something. And to hear like all your friends say that out of all the TAs in the school, it's kind of like, wow. So like. What's going on? <laughs> it's reflective of something. It's selling you something. And now, even though we kind of touched on this, but the way that white teachers and faculty target students of color, I will preface this by saying that I have many friends and acquaintances in the school, and I think that whenever I am with friends that are all black, I am black myself, I get targeted the most. And I think if that doesn't say something, nothing will. Um, one time I was in a department and the whole department was loud. The whole side of that department was loud. Everyone was talking. Everyone was in groups, not doing work. And the teacher looked towards our group, yelled at us and singled each one of us out saying, you're out of uniform. I was wearing ward wear. She goes, what are you working on? What are you doing? What are you doing? Looking at both of us, she, all, all three of us. And it was like, what was the meaning for that? When there are large groups of people doing the same exact thing, why us, you know? And so it makes you think that you are being targeted for a specific reason, especially when it happens multiple times. And so it makes you want to avoid specific areas and specific teachers, and that's not how it should be when, you know, we're supposed to be a quote-unquote war family and this is supposed right. to be your second home, but it's like have these teachers make you feel so queasy and uncomfortable. And so the issue is not with the students but with the staff. I think it's also, like, a power thing. Like, mm-hmm. um... Uh, the need to feel as though they have control over you because the most minimal things will at least as a student of color I see this all the time today actually at uh, period two or three in the calf there was this group of students minding their business they were in hoodies which I don't think should be treated like a criminal offense, but they. <laughs> Esther, you were with me. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Um, they were walking out of the cafeteria in their hoodies, and one of the IAs stops them. Dead stop. They come to a dead stop, and she starts yelling her head off. I the whole I didn't hear you. The cafeteria went dead silent, and I didn't 
I don't feel like that was necessary to happen. Mm -hmm. To one, single them all out, two, humiliate them in front of a crowd of students who are working, um, already, already working, um, and three, it just felt so targeted because mm -hmm. there was definitely so many people in there who weren't wearing uniform and majority of them were white exactly like, they're like there's so many instances where i've been to a department and i've been told oh i'm like wearing uniform like like the crew neck and i'm not wearing like you know the the polo underneath and i've been i've been told you can't go in here because you're not in full uniform yet i see white students wearing hoodies get in with no questions or anything and i'm like how is that fair and the issue isn't even with the uniform at all it's the fact that um, these white IAs always find a way to find something wrong with you. Exactly. Something out of order with you, specifically. Going as far even to put a ruler to your leg to measure how... Have you seen that? I've Actually? Been, someone saw it and they told me about it. They had a friend who was singled out by an IA. They took a ruler to her leg and measured how short her kilt was. How necessary is that? How degrading is that? How alienating is that? Exactly. It's so unnecessary, you know? And students we interview talk about this, that they feel degraded and they feel singled out and called out. You know, teachers will be like, oh, where's your lanyard? But in that same breath, let someone wearing a bright pink hoodie walk right past them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, what is the criteria? White skin? Exactly. <laughs> and like, like I guess I, I get that they're very strict on uniform here, but they cause a whole scene just for uniform. Like, you can't pull aside a student and say, oh, hey, you're out of uniform, please take this off. They have to yell like the whole school needs to hear it. And the whole school gets uncomfortable, not just them, but, like, you can, you can feel embarrassed and, like, sad for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's just so inconsistently applied, yeah. you know? If you're gonna, you know, hark down, what's, what's the word, harp down, hark down on, yeah. on, on one person, do it to everyone, you know? Exactly. I wouldn't feel as frustrated with it if it was applied to everyone, but it is not, and that is the issue. It seems so simple and trivial, but um, going back to the way white teachers talk to white students, it's always, oh, hey, sweetheart, hey, darling, or, so, hey, dear, I, I, okay, okay, that's, that's that but also <laughs> but also when they're talking to um people of color students of color it's like hey you it's mm -hmm. not like that little cute pet name for the white students mm -hmm. even Linnea and i today first period mm -hmm. we were in the department mm -hmm. the teacher mm -hmm. came up to us and said oh because we were two people in one like sort of desk type thing mm -hmm. and the teacher said oh ladies one desk per person and this this teacher it's very fun of Lenny and I. We said we're working on words for more together. They said, all oh, right, okay, you're working together. The eye of that department saw that interaction. They saw mm -hmm. that exchange. Yeah. About five minutes later, they come around and go, what are you doing? If that's personal, <laughs> put it away. Oh, you no, can't be doing that. No. That's not allowed. I was confused. It was so, like, accusatory. It was so confusing. I've been in that same department where there have been boys sitting... Three people in one chair, sitting on yeah, each other's yeah. laps. And it'll take about 10 minutes for them to get called out. But even after the teacher gives us authorization to continue doing our work, you feel the need to come around and accuse us of what? 
Exactly. What, what is the meaning of that? You it's know? a power trip. It's a power trip. And it's like, you. it makes you not want to go there anymore, you know? Right. And so there are so many areas in the school that I want to avoid at specific times, and that's not how it should be. I should be able to go anywhere in the school and feel comfortable, but that is not the truth. That is the reality. Exactly. And these, it needs teachers, to these teachers, like, affect where you want to go. Like, if, if you hear a teacher's going to be on the floor where, on, like, a time you want to go, you're like, oh, never uh, mind. No. No. <laughs> no like, that says a lot, because, like, we're supposed to be, like, we're supposed to feel safe in our school and like accepted we don't the only place i can actually say i feel comfortable in is in the drama room in one of the cupboards like <laughs> it's not even a joke it's not even a joke every period four if i have a, the time or if i don't have a seminar i'm in the drama room in a closed cupboard it's like it's actually insane i don't feel like i can be anywhere without you know feeling anxious about it mm-hmm. it's almost like know. we're escaping and it's not like i'm doing anything wrong it's not like i'm doing anything wrong either but my point is i just wish there were more teachers that looked like me looked mm-hmm. like you looked like you i was always i've always felt unsettled by the fact that they don't it's to we live in toronto they don't hire ethnic teachers they hire mm-hmm. white teachers and these white teachers fill in roles that should be taken by teachers of color. Like the most you'll see like teachers of color is like like um a substitute. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't add up, you know. We are in Scarborough, such a the epicenter of diversity exactly. in the country. <laughs> Our school like I see what a few white people and they just hang out. The rest it's all diverse. And yeah, what, and about 10% of our staff are, you know, racially diverse. Yeah. We even counted. Mm-hmm. We, we counted. We counted on our hands. Six, seven ten, people? Ten. 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 We got to about ten people. Yeah. Ten. And, and one how many TAs? There's <laughs> 68 or 69. And that's not even accounting for the amount of white IAs to EAs, IAs, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. We have, like, over 100 staff members. About 10 of them, 11 of them, are of color. Mm-hmm. That is an issue, and I know that it's there are issue. schools in areas where they have very, like, large populations of white student body. I don't understand my school boards don't try and steer these teachers to areas where they will reflect the faces that they will be teaching, you know? Like, wouldn't that make you more comfortable as a teacher, as an educator, you know, to be with people who mm-hmm. can relate to you, who people you can help with your experiences firsthand? You know, if anything, I don't want them to make, I don't want to make them feel bad, but if I were in their position, if I was, you know, a black teacher teaching at a predominantly white school, I would feel, how can I even, you know, relate to them? How can I share? Approach them. Exactly. You know, like, it's good to have different perspectives. At the end of the day, it's like, people need people who look like them. Also, I have never had a principal that was, one, a person of color, and two, a woman. I've never had a never 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 never. I've had a white female principal. I find that yeah. I just find it weird because they're kind of the head of admin, I guess, at uh, their specific schools, and obviously that's going to sway how the schools operate. Um, Because if there's a problem that arises uh, relating to the topic of race and identity again. I feel like they want to know how to handle it, deal with it. Um, and I think the easiest route when a person of color 
gets into some kind of trouble and it's brought to their attention is to not critically evaluate the problem just to straight up punish the person mm. but the benefit of the doubt is always given to the white student mm -hmm. if that makes sense I would love to have an Asian principal. Me too. Especially at Mary I had one too. just for JK. JK. <laughs> kindergarten and they left. They got married to another teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a Asian kindergarten teacher and I loved her so much. I think I think that was one thing that really enriched my elementary school <laughs> experience. Having an Asian JK teacher, you know, as a child, she really reflected a lot of the students in the classroom and I think that was really beneficial because uh, one thing, whether you admit it or not, a lot of elementary school teachers are maternal figures. And so to have those maternal figures reflect you or reflect, you know, just the diverse population in your school makes so much more of a difference. I think throughout my 12 years of schooling so far, I have had a grand total of three teachers of color. Teaching you? Wow. Yeah, teaching me. I had... Um, one. One. <laughs> and then I had uh, some librarians of color. <laughs> but yeah, like the, like, like the teachers of colors in my elementary, they weren't like a full-on like homeroom teacher. They were just like, oh, music, gym, or like mm -hmm. those like small yeah. roles. I'm like, what is that? Or like a teaching student. I had one. He was a uh, brahma. I think he was probably Indian or Sri Lankan. He was a nice guy. <laughs> and then he <laughs> left after about a year. <laughs> but you know, it's like just that. It really does bring something new to the classroom that I think should be more present in every single elementary school, but it is not, and we don't talk about it enough. So we are joined by... Joe, grade 12. And Esteban, grade 12. And our question for you is, how do you feel about going to a school surrounded by such rich and diverse culture and diversity? I think it's great. I've been to several schools in my time in high school, and I think it's great to see everybody rep feel represented. It's something that a lot of my other schools also had, so it's nice to see different communities feel represented and different people feel represented in the school. And, and yeah, it's my first high school here in Canada, and it's great having more people like from other countries, and you can learn from other cultures here. So our second question is, how do you feel about the state of the faculty diversity at Mary Ward as compared to how diverse our student population is? Well, I still I think it's really cool, actually. Um, I have friends from other countries, from other cultures, and have simil similarities with the teachers, and they have a lot of stuff with in common. And it's great, and you can connect with the teachers easier. Thank you. I think the teacher diversity here at Ward is great, but I do have to say I've been to schools where the teacher diversity has been a lot more broad, and there's been a lot more cultures represented. So I feel like that's an, something that can be worked on here. Thank you so much. Here we're with... Mr. Wong. And our question for you is, how do you feel as a teacher of color about the faculty diversity at such a, you know, diverse and, at a school with such a diverse student body? Okay. Um, wow. What a question. Well, how do I feel about more the teachers and the faculty? Um, it's interesting because, yeah, we have a very diverse school population. And you know what? It would be great to see a more diverse faculty. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I know coming in, there was very few of us. And I think it's important for students to see themselves in who's kind of teaching them, you know. Um, and it, and it, it helps to have that connectedness and relationship with those type of people. Um, I guess even when I was in high school, because I grew up in the area, I went to Lieberman. Um, and it was very similar in that respect, too. Uh, but you know what? Uh, even teachers who weren't, I guess, 
of color and who weren't as diverse as if you want to say it like that, um, if they were able to connect with me and talk about things to help me see um, connections in how I could be reflected in what they were teaching me, it helped a lot as well. Easiest, most efficient course of action is to hire more teachers of color. I am behind that 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't see why it would be difficult because I hear about shortage of staff all the time. I mean, I know, I know they are there in those teaching colleges. I know they are there. <laughs> they're somewhere. They're somewhere there. No, I want to like go and survey teaching colleges. Like, why are like, you hiding? Right, come, come here. Come, come, come to, to me. Us. Come with us. Like, we'll teach you why. Like, like it'll be great. <laughs> exactly. Just come, please. Like, I don't know if this is something that is more present in more present in public schools, and I don't know if it's more of a Catholic school issue. But it shouldn't be an issue at all. And plus, the teachers are stressed out because a lot of them are teaching three, four courses here. Yeah. Already. So, like, bring, bring them over. Them. Bring, bring them to bring us. Them. Where's, the, where's the color? <laughs> where's the color? Like, please. Like, I get they're trying to... They're trying. They're trying. They're trying, they're trying. To, to, like, teach us about, like, ethnicities, but, like... Come on. (laughs) It's just not there. It's not there. You don't feel the passion. It doesn't do it it for me. And it took them so long to actually try, like, to to start teaching about it. It took them, like, students are the reason Mm -hmm. why they started teaching more of it. And, like, why? Like, this education system just needs to be, like, rebuilt, to be honest. It needs a harsh evaluation, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you've, like, race and all these sorts of topics were only ever brought up when students became aware that they weren't there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, like, most of the chairs in, like, the TCDS board, white men. Right. White oh, men. Oh, right. my goodness. Come it's on. an issue. The issue extends far beyond our classrooms. Our classrooms. Right. It extends throughout the whole school board, you know, the whole province. Actually, my TA literally said this himself. The board is mostly white Italians. These Italians that take over schools, I'm telling you. They run the TCDS. I know. What? They have their own language, too. They Like, like in elementary, I hear these white white Italians speaking their own language in front of students. I'm like, "Mm, And at the same time, if my peers were speaking Tagalog, nope, guys, we can't do that. We need to speak English. No way. I kid you not. When I was in about the fifth or sixth grade, I had, because my schools were a lot of Filipino people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would speak Tagalog to each other. I'd be like, no, no. If you can speak English, then why don't you speak English? No way. I've experienced no that. No way. And it's so frustrating. Because, like, why are you allowed to talk to teachers in Italian? Italian. Italian. And I, I can't speak to my friends in my home language. Like, are you trying to take that away, like, that right away from mm-hmm. me? It's a power thing again. They want mm-hmm. to know what you are saying. They don't want to be left out. They don't want to be in the dark. They need control over everything. Mm-hmm. On top, especially you know, including the words you're saying, and they're gonna ask someone else. Oh, do you know what they said? Come on, please. Like they no. obviously said it in their language for a reason. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. But yeah, I can't. I don't. I personally don't speak my native language, but I'm, I can definitely see that happening. It's 100% realistic, and I don't doubt it for a second. And like the way we like normalize this for mm-hmm. so long, like. I thought this was normal until 8th grade, to be honest, because their beliefs were pushed upon us, and it was never corrected. So, like, it's like, I don't even know, like, I don't have the words for it. I actually, the whole diversifying curriculum thing actually only started for me in 
the ninth grade mm -hmm. with with some level of accuracy. Um, but in the seventh, eighth, and lower, it was I was learning personally that um, indigenous peoples and uh, the people who came over from Spain, um, uh, England, mm -hmm. uh, France, France, those countries, <laughs> places in Europe. <laughs> I was learning that they were friends up until the eighth grade. That everything was everything exactly. was a, mu a mutual exchange. And I think that in itself is a problem. And I'm glad they're kind of trying to rectify it now. But again, such topics need to be approached with one, accuracy, two, sensitivity, and three, um, need to be coming from a place that is genuine. Mm -hmm. And because, there shouldn't be an age limit on yeah. it. You know, like, I know that for the most part back in the day, you would only start learning about the truth of what happened between the settlers and the indigenous people mm -hmm. in about 11th grade. <laughs> And yeah, it can be really heavy, but you can simplify it for younger grades, but still tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times people think, oh, but they're children, they can't learn that. Yes, they can. If you put it in the right words, they can learn it. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why my younger self knew that a lot of these things in the curriculum were false was because my sister was in the 11th and 12th grade at the time. And so it wasn't school teaching me, it was outside sources. Our mm -hmm. schools need to like recognize what is right and what is wrong and learn from our perspectives they need to like you know we need to like start a change like we we need these curriculums to be taught like like with passion and accuracy because from people who understand it and yeah. can grasp it multiple angles and lenses mm -hmm. i think that our curriculum is already very white mm -hmm. it was very white it's getting better now but was and is very white and i think to shift that we need educators who can one empathize, two understand, and if you are a white educator teaching people of color about topics of race and identity, you need to have a critical, profound level of understanding, or else it's all for kind of not. Yeah, you know, and one thing about educators of color is that they not only won't bring a white perspective, but they can't. They can't. They personally can't. Right. You know, they haven't lived it, and so. Let's let's bring it in. Let's let's reel them in. Yep, I get it in. <laughs> no, no. Oh. But I'm really actually really glad to have this off my chest because it's been bothering me for a long, long time. Yeah, like twelve yeah. years of this, and finally, and it's like right. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Hey, yeah. I think we should, you know, when they have those little PLC meetings? Play <laughs> this. To listen to it. Play this. I want ninth grade classes to play these and I know. talk about them. Women is not the way forward. Right? Faculty Please. diversity. Let's yes. talk about it. Like, like, if you really want to teach these students about it, like, like from genuine people who know, mm -hmm. like, from people of color themselves, show this. Please show this to your students, your family, anyone. Right. From their peers. If you the know. quote unquote woke teachers are <laughs> really about. The student becoming the teacher, show them this podcast. Show them this podcast. Show them what their peers are doing. Show them what they can do. Show them what they should be thinking about. You know, and teachers need to be thinking about this too. Everybody needs to be thinking about this. You never stop learning. You know, and teachers always are enforcing this mm -hmm. ideology. Mm -hmm. But, oh, when it comes to, you know, things like <laughs> race and ethnicity and all those types of topics, suddenly we stop learning. And what <laughs> we can you, keep learning. You may feel like that you can't you may feel as though you can't do anything about the state of faculty diversity at your school, in your school board. Email the administrators, honestly, advocating for um, 
a more diverse set of new educators. You can always do something. Always, always, always. always. Never Even an email, less. like, if those emails keep flooding in, there has to be something done. Like, so I begged. Please, this title is Faculty Diversity. <laughs> I beg every teacher in this faculty to r- listen to this, to know what we're going through. Staff, please email this to each other. <laughs> obviously, obviously, we cannot cover all the whole problem uh, in this one 30-minute episode. Yeah, it's just three people. It, it's three people. Our ideas may come across as a bit misconstrued, maybe not as well uh, articulated as some people may like. But it's wrong. We are making an effort. Yeah, we're next making Wednesday, Junior PLC, play this. Play, <laughs> play, 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 play this. Play. You know, play play that song all night long. Right. <laughs> I in my in the deepest chamber of my heart, where the blood is pumping. <laughs> I really genuinely hope that you take something away from this. And that's all I'm gonna say. Anything, anything that anything. you want. Take we anything. Our hearts into this. We we interviewed Lene and Esther interviewed students because this is a really important episode, not mm-hmm. just for us, but we're representing mm-hmm. all the people of color we can. And this is just our this is just our I like our experiences and stuff. So there's so mm-hmm. many more students who have gone who may have gone through worse. Mm-hmm. And you can see through the interviews that we collected. The students want more people like them. Mm-hmm. They, that's what we want. That's what I mm-hmm. want. That's what Esther wants. So that's what <laughs> want. Yeah, we want these adults to represent us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, petition. petition. Let's do a walkout, guys. Let's do something. If money Let's is organize. a problem, we'll start a GoFundMe right now. Right as we speak. As we I'm speak, I'm GoFundMe. <laughs> but. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Words, Words from War. Uh, thank you. I hope you have the best day ever. And I hope you enjoyed. And if you didn't enjoy, I hope you felt uncomfortable. <laughs> but uncomfortable in the way that makes you learn something. I hope you did some critical thinking. And All I hope right. you made it to the right. end. I hope right. you listened to the whole thing. Exactly. If you did, you know, you deserve a gold star. If you didn't listen to this then that's just a problem because we're talking about diversity. <laughs> Bye! Bye! Thanks, Bye, Ward. Can you stop it? Bye, Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs>